Hello and welcome to Reading with Carrie, a mindfulness podcast series that can be used as a sleep aid or to ease your anxiety and relieve your stress. I am your host, Carrie Fable, and I am so thankful that you've decided to spend some time with me. excited to share today's story with you. It's the fairy tale of Rapunzel. Now, this is not very similar at all to the Disney's version Tangled, which I absolutely adore for the record. There's nobody Pascal or heroic Maximus, and the prince in this story is hardly a fleshed out Eugene. Although you can't stop me from still picturing that sweet smolder of his. But I personally enjoy reading the origin and picking out the points of inspiration that they decided to run with, and I hope that you'll play along with me as well. But first, let's start with a breathing exercise. Today, I want to do the five senses exercise. Rapunzel of the Disney version sang a reprise about the grass under her feet and the breeze in her hair, so I think this is a perfectly appropriate exercise to do today. As always, let's start with our breathing. So close your eyes and breathe in deeply, pausing at the apex of your inhale. And then pause once you release all the air out. Breathe in and breathe out. Center on the here and now kind of think about your position in the chair or maybe you're laying down. What are your hands touching? Where are your feet placed? Are they grounded on the floor? Can you feel the bedding under your heels? Come back to your breath. Breathing in and out into the lungs and out and feel your body begin to relax and sink into the chair or the bed. Relax your shoulders as you breathe deeply. A lot of the times we hold our neck and our shoulders so tight. So I want you to consciously Release whatever weight or stress you're holding there. If it'll help, maybe roll them a little. I always like to clench and tighten the muscles on an inhale and hold it and then release your muscles on an exhale and you can feel the tension release. Okay, now is the fun part. We're going to open our eyes and focus on what's around you. We're going to follow a pattern. So first we're going to find five things around you of one color. There's no wrong answer. Just pick the first color that pops into your eyes and then try to find five things of that same color. Maybe your wall is blue. Can you find a book that's also blue? Maybe you have a drink near you that's red and it matches a figurine on your shelf. Find five things. And just mull them over briefly. 
just take a moment or two to really see that object, that color. Now we're going to listen for four different sounds. And this one will be hard with me talking, so I'll give you some time in silence to just think, what are you hearing? Right now I hear a car drive by and a dog barking and birds chirping and my fan blowing in the other room. What do you hear? Let's pick three things to touch. You don't have to get up for this exercise. Just try, be creative. You might have the chair beside you, or maybe your drink if it's a glass or a coffee cup, or maybe your desk if you're sitting in a chair. Really feel those objects one at a time and describe the texture to yourself. Is it soft? Is it coarse? Is it rough? Is it hard? Take a moment with all three items. It doesn't have to be very long. Just really feel these items in that moment. Let's pick two smells. <laughs> I can't help but laugh at that. You can move around the room if you have to. Try to pick two smells to sniff. Maybe perfume or your deodorant. Maybe you have food nearby. Again, maybe a drink. You could sniff your pillow or your pet or sniff the shirt you're wearing and really think about that smell. Hold it in your nose. Describe it. Is it sweet? Is it sour? Is it a warm, musky scent? Or is it sharp like mint? And now we're going to pick one item to taste. This can be pretty tricky if you don't have food or drink around. You can always taste the air, as weird as that sounds. You can breathe in with your mouth open. Maybe stick your tongue out just a little and feel the air, the wind, particles on your tongue. If you want something more visceral, you could lick your arm and taste your natural body, your sweat. Might be kind of nasty, but it's good to keep you in the moment. It might help to close your eyes as you're tasting. If you do have a drink or food item, really play with it in your mouth. Name all the flavors that you can. Is it warm in your mouth? Is it cold? Is it sweet? Is it tangy? Really take a moment and sit with that flavor on your mouth, on your tongue rather. You can do this exercise at any time and it's actually a really good practice 
to do while you're brushing your teeth because it doesn't have to take a lot of time. Just really sit in the moment every morning when you're getting ready for the day. Taste the toothpaste. Remember not to swallow it, but you can still taste it. (laughs) You can hear the brush on your teeth and you can feel it also on your teeth and in your hands. You can smell the mint of the flavored toothpaste. It's a great, easy way to get a little bit of mindfulness practice in on a daily basis. Okay, I think we're done. Now, here's the story. Rapunzel, illustrated by Lowell Hess. Once upon a time, there were a man and a woman who had long in vain wished for a child. At last, the woman hoped that God was about to grant her desire. This couple had a little window at the back of their house from which a splendid garden could be seen. It was full of the most beautiful flowers and herbs. It was, however, surrounded by a high wall, and no one dared go into it because it belonged to a witch named Dame Gothel who had great power and was dreaded by all the world. One day, the woman was standing by this window and looking down into the garden when she saw a bed which was planted with the most beautiful rampion, Rapunzel. It looked so fresh and green that she longed for it and had the greatest desire to eat some. This desire increased every day, and as she knew that she could not get any of it, she quite pined away and looked pale and miserable. Then her husband was alarmed and asked, What ails you, dear wife? Ah, she replied, If I can't get to eat some of the rampion which is in the garden behind our house, I shall die. The man who loved her thought, Sooner than let her die, I'll bring her some of the rampion myself. Let it cost me what it will. So, in the twilight of evening, he clambered over the wall into the garden of the witch, hastily clutched a handful of rampion, and took it to his wife. She had once made herself a salad of it, and ate it with much relish. However, she liked it so much, so very much, that the next day she longed for it three times as much as before. If he was to have any rest, her husband must once more descend into the garden. In the gloom of evening, therefore, he let himself down again. But when he had clambered down the wall, he was terribly afraid, for he saw the witch standing before him. How dare you, said she with an angry look, descend into my garden and steal my rampion like a thief. You shall suffer for it. Ah, he answered, let mercy take the place of justice. I had to do it. My wife saw your rampion from the window and felt such a longing for it that she would have died if she had not got some to eat. At this, the witch let her anger be softened and said to him, If the case be as you say, I will allow you to take away with you as much rampion as you wish. I make only one condition. You must give me the child which your wife will bring into the world. It shall be well treated, and I will care for it like a mother. In his terror, the man consented to everything. And when the woman at last had a little daughter, the witch appeared at once, gave the child the name of Rapunzel, and took it away with her. Rapunzel grew into the most beautiful child under the sun. When she was twelve years old, the witch shut her into a tower, which lay in a forest and had neither stairs nor door. But at the very top there was a little window. When the witch wanted to go in, she placed herself beneath this window and cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down thy hair! Rapunzel had magnificent long hair, fine as spun gold, and when she heard the voice of the witch, she unfastened her braided tresses and wound them around one of the hooks of the window. 
Then she let the hare fall twenty stories down, and the witch climbed up by it. After a year or two it came to pass that the king's son rode through the forest and went to the tower. Suddenly he heard a song. It was so charming that he stood still and listened. The voice belonged to Rapunzel, who in her solitude passed her time in letting her sweet voice resound. The king's son wanted to climb up to her, and he looked for the door of the tower, but there was none to be found. He rode home, but the singing had so deeply touched his heart that every day he went out into the forest and listened to it. Once, when he was thus standing behind a tree, he saw that a witch came there, and he heard how she cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down thy hair! Then Rapunzel let down the braids of her hair, and the witch climbed up to her. If that is the ladder by which one mounts, I will for once try my fortune, said the king's son. The next day, when it began to grow dark, he went to the tower and cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down thy hair. Immediately the hair fell down, and the king's son climbed up. At first Rapunzel was terribly frightened, for she had never before seen a man. But the king's son began to talk to her quite like a friend, and told her that his heart had been so stirred that it had let him have no rest, so that he had been forced to see her. Then Rapunzel lost her fear, and when he asked her if she would take him for her husband, and she saw that he was young and handsome, she thought, He will love me more than old Dame Gothel does. So she said yes, and laid her hand in his. She said also, I will willingly go away with you, but I do not know how to get down. Bring with you a skein of silk every time that you come, and I will weave a ladder with it. When that is ready, I will descend, and you can take me on your horse. They agreed that until that time, the king's son should come to her every evening, for the old woman came by day. The witch knew nothing of this until one day when Rapunzel said to her, Tell me, Dame Gothel, how is it that you are so much heavier for me to draw up than the king's son? He is with me in a moment. Ah, you wicked child! What do I hear you say? I thought I had separated you from all the world, and yet you have deceived me! In her anger, she clutched Rapunzel's beautiful tresses, wrapped them twice around her left hand, seized a pair of scissors with the right, and snip-snap, the lovely braids were cut off and lay on the ground. Nor was that all. The witch was so pitiless that she took poor Rapunzel into a desert where she had to live in great grief and misery. On the same day, however, that she cast out Rapunzel, the witch, in the evening, fastened the braids of hair which she had cut off to the hook of the window, and when the king's son came and cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down thy hair, she let the hair down. The king's son ascended. He did not find his dearest Rapunzel above, but only the witch, who gazed at him with wicked and venomous looks. Aha! she cried mockingly. You would fetch your dearest, but the beautiful bird no longer sits singing in the nest. The cat has got it, and will scratch out your eyes as well. Rapunzel is lost to you. You will never see her again. The king's son was beside himself with grief, and in his despair he leaped down from the tower. He escaped with his life, but the thorns into which he fell pierced his eyes. Then he wandered quite blind about the forest, ate nothing but roots and berries, and did nothing but lament and weep over the loss of his beloved. Thus he roamed about in misery for some years. At last he came to the desert where Rapunzel lived in wretchedness. He heard a voice, and it seemed so familiar to him that he went toward it. When he approached, Rapunzel knew him and fell on his neck and wept. Two of her tears wetted his eyes, and they grew clear again, and he could see with them as before. 
Then the king's son led Rapunzel to his kingdom where he was joyfully received, and they lived for a long time, happy and contented. Again, that was no Tangled, but I hope you still enjoyed it. I really need to do some research as to why the magic users in fairy tales always want the unborn child, but in this case, Gothel said she would treat it as her own. In this version, Dame Gothel really didn't do much. She allowed her rampion to be stolen in exchange for a child, and she cared for the child normally, we can assume, before she randomly locked her away when she was twelve. Clearly, Gothel was obsessed with the idea of abandonment, as she wanted to isolate Rapunzel and be the only one to share her company. At Rapunzel's betrayal in Gothel's eyes, she banished the girl, which we can all agree is a horrible parenting technique. But I was surprised upon rereading the story after so long that it was not Gothel who blinded the prince. He did it to himself as he jumped out from the tower. I think we can learn a lot through the sympathy of Gothel, and I'm not saying she's innocent, especially in the way she treated Rapunzel, but I think she but I think she perhaps was victimized in the past to really hold on so much and so dearly. I really think we can use that to reflect in our lives and just make sure that we're making healthy decisions in our relationships with our friends our pets, our family, even our co-workers. I appreciate this story's depiction of love and romance more than the average fairy tale of its time. Although the prince did ask for Rapunzel's hand the first night they met, they didn't rush off to their happily ever after. They met nightly to talk and get to know each other, and truly allowed their love to blossom and grow. So what then is the takeaway from this story? Be careful what you bargain with. Don't let strange men into your home. Love will always find a way. Yes, this story has many lessons, in fact. Pedia.com, which is P-E-D-I-A-A.com, mentions them all quite nicely. The consequences of stealing, the value of patience and determination, a cautionary tale for parents that children grow up despite all their efforts to shield them from life. But I think the one we should consider the most, for our sake, is that we should never give up on our hopes, no matter how hard the situation. Rapunzel was thrown out into the desert with nothing. The prince was blinded and left to wander aimlessly. How much worse could things really get for them? In fact, neither one had any inkling that the other knew where to find them, or even that they were still alive. But fate or destiny or even fairy tale magic had them find one another. The prince heard his love's singing voice, and she was able to heal his eyes. Truly a beautiful sentiment. Perhaps this is why this story sticks with me so much. Okay, it's also totally the sexy Flynn Rider and the beautiful voice of Mandy Moore, but also the theme. As Fanny Flagg says, don't give up before the miracle happens. I said in the introductory episode that I have long suffered with depression and anxiety. There's a mantra I have used for quite some time now. This too shall pass. It comes from a story where a king or sultan, depending on the version, asks a sage or wise man to provide a thought that can be true in all situations, good and bad. I've also heard it said that it's a single sentence that could make you either happy or sad, depending on what's going on. And so this sentence, this too shall pass, 
was created. For me, it helps keep things in perspective. When I am in an uncomfortable situation, I remind myself that it soon will be over and I'll be secluded at home with my dog soon enough. But I also tell it to myself when I am surrounded by loved ones celebrating. I tell this to myself to really embrace the moment and make the best memories that I can. Really, I've been telling myself to be mindful all this time and I've only recently realized it. This simple phrase has gotten me out of a lot of tough situations. It's so meaningful to me, in fact, that I've thought about getting it tattooed for about five years, and once it's safe again to do so, I think I'll go get it done this year. So remember, when you're having a low day and nothing seems to brighten your mood, that this too shall pass. Don't give up. Push through. If all you can manage is to get out of bed, that's enough. If even that is too hard, and all you can do is continue to breathe, that's enough. Be kind to yourself. Don't add to your anxiety and stress by berating yourself for not being productive. It will pass, and you will prevail. Thank you for listening. I welcome you back anytime you may need to hear a comforting voice or a familiar bedtime story. <laughs>